Well, this is, a, this is a pretty familiar story. Those of you that maybe have grown up in church might have heard that Zacchaeus was a very little man and a very little man was he. That song, maybe not. Okay, nobody else heard that. But it's, it's yes, there we go. A few people are, are kind of sticking their hands up. Thank you. Um, there you go. Anyway, so it is familiar in some senses for, for, for many of us. And yet, I would love for us to encounter this story afresh today. And I'd like us to walk through it and just pick out one or two things that are just so intentionally a part of the story as Luke tells it. See, here we have Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. He's on a mission. He's on his way to the cross. And he passes through Jericho. His notoriety, his fame is growing. In the last chapter, in Luke chapter 18, we have accounts of him healing a blind beggar, of him challenging the rich man, and all sorts of other encounters. And here he meets Zacchaeus, not just a tax collector, but a senior tax collector. He was a wealthy man, well-heeled, almost certainly well-dressed in robes of of fine uh, cloth, no doubt. A Jew by birth. But a man who had chosen a job that had made him a collaborator with the Roman authorities. You see, the Romans required the collecting of taxes from the Jewish people that they uh, occupied. And they got certain ambitious people to do their dirty work for them. And so people like Zacchaeus earned their crust by collecting taxes for the Romans from the Jews and taking a bit on the side to make sure that there was enough to live on and taking a little bit more because actually it was easy money. And so here was a collaborator. Just thinking in the news this week, Detective Chief Inspector April Carburn, don't know if that name rings a bell, she was jailed this week for offering to sell information to the news of the world in that whole kind of phone hacking scandal thing. She saw the opportunity for making a bit of money because she had the position to do so. And I think the general perception of her and others who have sought to make money out of other people's misery in that whole kind of news of the world thing has been pretty poor in the nation. People have thought, oh, how could they do that? That's the kind of thing that Zacchaeus would have been viewed as doing getting dirty money kind of feathering his own nest and forget everybody else and so it's little wonder that Zacchaeus wasn't allowed allowed through the crowd that was gathering you could actually imagine that he ended up with quite a few bruises as he tried to get through and people just give him a bit of an elbow a bit of a knee try and trip him up get out of it you're not coming through they see an opportunity to get their own back with a bit of physical. 
people didn't appreciate this wealthy but unpopular man. But he wanted to get a look at Jesus. And so he decides to put aside all his dignity, all his smart clothing, and he runs ahead, shirt tails flying, suit ruffled, and he climbs. Not up a stepladder, I grant you, but he climbs up to get a view of Jesus. Not very dignified. I don't feel very dignified stood up here with my shirt tails hanging out. But he wanted to see Jesus. And I'm guessing that he would have had robes that he'd had to lift up to run, showing his legs. Not a pretty sight, I won't do that. But there, he got up and he got a view. And actually, there's a picture there of what he's done throughout his life. Trying to climb the greasy pole. Trying to climb up to get a view, to get a vantage point over other people. He's tried to climb the, uh, the ladder. We use that phrase today, don't we? Climbing the ladder. And it's not always a, a negative thing. It's about progression, and that's okay in the right context. But for Zacchaeus, he'd climbed all his life. Enter Jesus, who looks up at Zacchaeus, and in a beautiful moment of encounter, as far as we know, Jesus had never met Zacchaeus before, but he looks up and he names him, Zacchaeus, come down at once, son of God looks up at this despised, greedy man who just had heard something about this Jesus and wanted to see. And that's the important thing, actually. Because whatever went on prior to that point, we see in verse 3 that Zacchaeus wanted to see In the Greek, there's quite an interesting thing, which I'll come to at the end as well. But in the Greek, the word wanted is actually sought to see. He was seeking to see Jesus. And at Jesus' invitation, he gladly responds. Verse 6, come down immediately. And he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, as we know from verse 7, this caused a stir amongst the people. And interestingly, it's not just the Pharisees who were not impressed by this. Often, we see that the Pharisees are the ones that, that, that kind of moan and grumble about Jesus mixing with the wrong kind of people. But here, it's the crowd. It's, it's wider than that. Anyone who knew anything about the law thought, actually, this bloke is not somebody we should be mixing with. 
But you know, Zacchaeus' response gives us a sense of his sincerity. Doesn't just welcome him as a guest. Come on in, Jesus. Have a cup of tea, Jesus. Perhaps I'd like to give you a piece of cake, Jesus. That would be polite and fine, and that would be welcoming. But his sincerity goes so much deeper. He allows Jesus to challenge his very lifestyle. Doesn't just have Jesus in for a cup of tea. Jesus challenges his very lifestyle. And Zacchaeus seeks to put it right. He responds, and how does he respond? Man alive. He goes well beyond everything that was set out in the law that governs the restoration of stolen goods. In Exodus, in Leviticus, let's just have a quick look back. Exodus 22 and uh, Leviticus 6, Numbers 5. There are all sorts of provisions for the stealing of goods and how people can put that right in Jewish law. Only the most severe and violent cases would require a restoration of four times the amount that was taken. But mostly it's restore what you've taken plus a fifth. But here, Zacchaeus says, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. So that's stuff that he feels that he's, he's got kind of a right to. He gives half of that straight off to the poor. And then four times as much to anybody that I've done wrong to. His response to Jesus' invitation hits right to the very heart of his being. And his change of heart is demonstrated by his wholehearted desire to change his lifestyle. To seek justice where he has lived and embodied injustice. And with that, Jesus affirms him. Luke often tries to make this this point that to be a child of Abraham, going back to Genesis, the people with the promise of God's favour as a nation is not to do with birthright, but it's to do with response to the living God. And so, verse 9, Jesus affirms him. Today has salvation come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. Not because he was born a son of Abraham, but because today he has met with me and he's allowed me to change him and he's allowed me to become Lord of his life. Amazing story. Dramatic change. When confronted with Jesus so what about for us as we look at this story and we think well how does that work for us what can we learn from that at house group on Wednesday night Brad forgive me Brad for um, not asking your permission to use this illustration but 
gave us a really, in, 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 what's the word? Helpful, that's the word, illustration of our understanding of goodness. Because actually, we, I, 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 I look out and I see some very good people here. And the people that we know and we love who aren't here this morning, the people that we work with, generally speaking, we might consider to be good people. People that we might want to talk about Jesus to might be thinking, well, I'm a good person. And Brad gave me this illustration, which I think is really helpful. Down here at the floor are people that we would very readily say they're not very good people. Let's put Hitler down there, huh? Let's maybe put, I don't know, Saddam Hussein down there. People that that generally would be accepted as being not very good people, bad people even, down there. Right up there, the ceiling, right up there is God. Where are we? Where are we? As sure as eggs is eggs, we wouldn't be putting ourselves down with Hitler. But we certainly can't be up there with God either. We might be somewhere kind of knee height, maybe even waist height, if we're particularly worthy. But we're miles away from the God who loves us and made us. And here's the thing. We try and elevate ourselves, don't we? We try and do stuff to, to put ourselves up nearer to where God is. So, yeah, maybe we, we try to be kind, and that puts us up a little bit. Then we work hard. That gets us up a bit nearer to God because we're good, responsible human beings. Then we sneak one up. We look like we're working hard, but we ain't. But we look like we're doing the right thing. And we keep up appearances saying the right thing, making it seem like we are something even though our heart inside is cursing. And this week, I've really struggled with that. Monday, Tuesday, somewhere around there, I was just kind of plagued with this, this kind of respectability on the outside, but inside I was cursing. I was so angry and so confused and so frustrated about something that actually my kind of thinking process was not pretty. It was horrid. But on the outside, I was kind of doing all right at keeping it together. And of course, there's a sense of self-control where we have to keep it together sometimes. But do we allow that to be the reality of our lives? then maybe we take another step up because we say, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I might be bad, but I don't behave like that. So that must give me a bit of approval. And then we maybe take another step up, a bit of religious observance. But you know what? I'm still nowhere near. I'm still nowhere near. And Jesus says, stop messing about. Stop messing about, Andy. Come down. Follow me. Put your life in order. Not to win favour, 
with me. But because you know and you want to follow me. Verse 10 of this passage, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Do you remember I said a little while ago, Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, but Jesus took the initiative. He came to seek us out and to save us. Not because we can climb any ladder, because we can't. He came down from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high because I can't do it on my own. Right back at the beginning of Luke's Gospel, Mary, when she discovers that she's expecting Jesus, she sings a beautiful song. In chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel, and verse 52 sets a motif for what Jesus came to do. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. And Zacchaeus is in a long line of the humbled being saved. A widow, humble through no fault of her own. Children, humble through no fault of their own, but how society viewed them. A tax collector who realised that he needed to come humbly to God. A blind beggar who just said, I want to see. And Zacchaeus, who came down from his high horse in humility and welcomed Jesus gladly. See, the good news of this story is we don't have to pretend before God. We can't. We can't pretend before God. So why do we try to pretend before God? The good news that he seeks us. If only we'll get down from our attempts to sort it out ourselves and to humbly respond to him because he wants to walk with us. Maybe you need to hear that again this morning for yourself for the hundredth time maybe you need to hear that for the first time that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost those who walk without God he came to save you and me just before we close just a thought however about learning from the Master, because throughout this series we're trying to see, well, what can we learn from Jesus about sharing our faith with others? And the big thing that sticks out here in sharing with those who don't know Jesus is Lord is Jesus bucked the notion of staying aloof, keeping away from sinners. And instead he got stuck in 
Yes, he maintained his integrity. Always. He stayed in close contact with God, the Father. He prayed and he spent time with with his Father. He knew the Father. And we can know the Father too through Scripture, through fellowship, through prayer. But we need to be amongst people who don't know Jesus. To be ambassadors for him. And just as the prayer we started with in week one of Jesus, not to to, to keep people away from the world, but to hold them in the world. So we see that here. It's not easy. It's much easier in the world just to conform, just to kind of go with a gossip that's going on or go with a a particularly negative perspective that's being spoken about. It's much easier just to have an extra couple of drinks and, and not say, well, actually, no, I've had enough, thank you. It's much easier to conform to the world. But in God's strength, we can be beacons of kingdom values in our attitudes, in our lives. Have you noticed the hospitality that's embodied in that passage? Jesus wants to meet with people and spend time with them and Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus gladly. So there's something there for us to take away maybe as a challenge as we seek to relate to those that we work alongside those that we live alongside those that we, we, we share our leisure time with those that we're going to be with this time tomorrow let's live with integrity but let's not be aloof let's ask God's help to be beacons for him So perhaps today you need to come down from the tree like Zacchaeus and acknowledge your need for Jesus humbly. Perhaps you need to refresh your walk with Jesus. Maybe you need to have a bit of a clear out, respond in in the way that Zacchaeus said and I need to deal with all of that stuff and get it out of my life so that I can be Number one, focus for you, Lord. Maybe you just need to ask for strength this morning as you seek to live a life of integrity in the midst of a world that pulls you against that. Let's just take a moment, please. Maybe just to re-read the story to see the kind of the up and the down that's going on even in the text of the story and to see the visual thing. Forgive me if the stepladder and untucked shirt has been a distraction. But see the encounter with Jesus that Zacchaeus had.